Steve and Justin use YCharts for their winning investment research. So start your free trial now. And if you purchase, mention InvestTalk and get a generous discount at YCharts.com. This podcast is produced by KPP Financial. Steve Peasley, President. KPP Financial. Independent thinking, shared success. And now today's podcast. Good afternoon, my fellow investors. Welcome to Invest Talk. This is our Monday, August 5th, 2019 edition of Invest Talk, and it is clearly a momentous Monday afternoon. We had quite the day in the markets, brought on by a few factors, I shall say. Uh, but we're going to talk about that coming up. But there's a lot of variables at play, and we need you need some unbiased guidance, and you've come to the right place. I'm Justin Klein, and I hope you will give me a call with your investing questions, and I'm sure you have a lot. Maybe it has to do with China or a particular sector or commodities, interest rates, real estate, uh, currency movements. There's so much to discuss on today's show. I would love for you to give me a call, bring your question to the table, because if you're having the question, I guarantee a lot of other people out there listening are also having the same types of questions. So give me a call, 888-99-CHART, 888-992-4278. That's how you get through and ask your question on today's show, and it does go by fast. Now, on today's show, just like every weekday, we're going to help give you some perspective, some information, and do it in a way that is independent and also allows you to share in our success, right? And that is the ultimate goal is to have success in some way, shape, or form. And everyone's success is a little bit different. But ultimately, it's about making the right decision for you and putting yourself on the path to your own version of financial freedom. So we're going to do that one step at a time today. I'm going to try to help you make that next step. Like I said, 888 chart is the number to get through and ask your question. Now, my main talking point today regards an opinion from an analyst that says, look for one long-term winners at, winner as China's lead slowdown slams industrial. So we're going to touch on the Chinese sector overall, or Chinese economy, shall we say, uh, overall, and how that affects the global market and what parallels it has to another Asian economy from kind of the 90s. So we're going to touch on that as well. I have some other topics on deck one has to do with the fact that the media is going to blame this slide in the markets on Trump and the trade war, and that certainly has a, has, is a factor. Not saying it isn't, but there is more broad of more broad considerations you have to consider when looking at this in context to the broader economic trends that are at play here. So we're going to touch on that. Also, there's one area where financial crimes are increasing dramatically. And I actually have a friend, we moved offices, but this actually was our landlord at our previous office, 
got lucky, avoided this scam, but was nearly a victim of it. And it involves real estate, and we're going to talk about that as well. I think that's going to be very interesting. And then let's touch on, lastly, if we have time, the yield curve and what is it telling us about a recession possibly on the horizon. So those are the things that are on my mind. That's what I want to discuss, but ultimately it's about what's on your mind. So let's look at the markets today. We have the NASDAQ down about four and a quarter percent. Yes, four and a quarter percent down on the NASDAQ. The S&P was down three and a half percent on the backs of simply an escalation of the trade war. The fact that the Chinese yuan broke the psychological seven barrier, which means that they're devaluing the currency in order to counter the tariffs, right? So if the Chinese currency goes down 10% in value, which it didn't go down 10% one day, but the whole idea is that China is devaluing the currency in order to counter the tariffs, right? So if the currency devalues 10% and you add a 10% tariff on top of it, well, net-net, it's the same price. So it shouldn't affect their overall economy, their overall business. And that's the idea of it. And after the market, the Fed, or not the Fed, the President Trump slapped on or accused China of being a currency manipulator, which has a lot of other potential impacts as well, which we'll probably get to at a later show, but it's important. And this was a big driver of the downdraft in the markets today. Not a shocker. I've been We've been saying this for a while. I think we're at a broadening top in the market. Uh, valuations are, are rich, especially with, in consideration of the global economic momentum. So this shouldn't be a shock to anyone out there. And gold did well today. And once again, shouldn't be a shock. Now that's what I have planned on today's show. And I want to hear from you. But first, let's grab a question from our anytime listener line at 888-99-CHART. Hi, Steve and Justin. This is Jason from Memphis. Uh, I was looking to see what you guys thought of Twitter, T-W-T-R. I own it. I just wonder if I should hold it, get rid of it, or uh, buy more. Thanks. Bye. Well, first off, I love Twitter as a service. I think it brings uh, a lot of value in connecting to great, interesting minds throughout the world. So I, I love the service. Now, the, the business, on the other hand, it has definitely improved. It was very shoddy over from about 2012 to 2007, shall we say, 17, shall we say, and earnings were up and down, but now they're decidedly making a good amount of money. They've kind of figured out a little bit the marketing niche, the, the ad side of their business, and there's still more to be improved on. So I think the, the long-term potential of Twitter is good because of that, because I don't think it's going away. It's kind of a, a now a mainstay, mainstay staple of our society, right? Just think of the, the real-time nature of news that comes out on Twitter. It com- comes faster on Twitter than it does you know, any of the channels that you're watching, CNBC, Fox, etc. You get it a lot quicker on Twitter. So I think there's tremendous value that the platform brings to the general public. And long term, there will be uh, secular growth with Twitter. But the problem is near term. I'm not a big fan of 
uh, the tech sector as a whole, growth stocks, and the valuation here still seems uh, rather rich. About a $30 billion market cap. I like that they don't have a lot of debt, so I think that's the biggest positive. But enterprise value to EBIT is still about 27 On the high end, I think Twitter needs to come down into the high 20s. That's an area that I'd be interested in investing in Twitter, but not here, right around $40 a share. So long term, I like it, but certainly expect a lot of volatility in the near Thanks for the call. 888-99-CHART, 888-992-4278. You're listening to Invest Talk. I'm Justin Klein, and it's difficult to know when the market's going to have days like today. This. You don't know when... Trump is going to tweet this or China is going to implement that or maybe there's just some other surprise out of Europe or another part of the world but ultimately it's about understanding your risk tolerance and your ultimate goals and where your current portfolio sits and you can sit down with myself or Steve at our APP financial office in Irvine, California or you can meet with Steve for a one-on-one no-cost portfolio review session and get his guidance. Now, Steve will be returning to San Jose on the 29th of August. And if you live in the New York City area, he will be conducting a new set of portfolio review consultations on September 19th and 20th. I believe he only has one slot left. So if you're in New York, you got to jump on this ASAP. To reserve your spot for a complimentary consultation, just go to investtalk.com. But now I'm taking your questions live at 888-99-CHART. Welcome to another week of market uncertainty. We've seen plenty of market volatility in recent days, so serious investors will need all the unbiased guidance they can get. You're in luck. Justin Klein is here, ready with answers, and he's waiting for your Invest Talk questions. 888 99Chart. 888 99Chart, 8899242789. There's a lot to cover today, clearly, but let's start off with the fact that today was the start of the worst week since. December, right? Actually, last week was the worst week since December. And this week, uh, it was almost as bad as the entire week last week, right? Uh, Today was. So big tech has been leading the market up since the low in December, but now it has decidedly turned down. Apple, Amazon, Microsoft, Facebook, and Google were all sharply lower, as well as a lot of the chip stocks. I talked about this before, that the chip stocks a few weeks ago were actually breaking out to new highs, which was kind of curious. It was it was an odd situation that looks to have completely reversed, and I was keeping an eye on this. If, this, if that maintained its breakout, it was telling me that the global economy was or that the market was signaling the global economy was turning around and now the fact that it's failed just tells me that this is likely the slowdown in the global economy is likely to continue and you know a lot of people are going to blame trump and the trade wars but ultimately it's about where economic growth is going and now with the trade war ramping up I think that's going to be even a bigger drag on the global economy that is already slow. Now, the 10-year Treasury yield has been going 
up and down in small increments, but now it has reached the lowest level in what, nearly three years, four years, down to 1.76%. You're gonna see this, the mortgage rates are gonna go down about 3.5% most likely. And negative rates across Germany and Western Europe are now rampant. There are junk bonds that are trading at negative yields, $14 trillion worth of bonds worldwide now have negative yields, which is quite an interesting situation that global central banks have backed us into. It's really a sad state of affairs and just shows their tone deafness to global markets, global economies, and the fact that their, their, their tools just aren't working. You know, they've been a decade plus of low inflation, blah, 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 blah. And their only prescription is lower interest rates. And it's it's really sad. It's really, really sad that uh, the global central banks have really destroyed the fabric of our, our uh, and integrity of our financial system. So it's pretty interesting to see that. And we are definitely in unprecedented times. And in conjunction with this massive amount of negative yielding debt, gold is now at a six-year high, 1472 per ounce, approaching that 15,000 mark, which I do think will be resistance kind of in the near term. But you cannot have a portfolio right now that doesn't have any precious metals. I think it's irresponsible in today's situation to not have some exposure to that area of the marketplace, okay? Now, we're obviously in a currency war between U.S. and China. China devalued the currency, like I said. And remember, China's the second largest economy in the world. So it's a fight between the first and second largest economies in the world. And it's likely to last through into 2020, clearly. They're not close to a resolution, and just like any war, any war has some level of escalation, right? At certain points, there's escalation. There's more troops being committed, more guns being fired, and it usually comes to a very violent and loud ending before you get to that end, right? And we are in the midst of that ramp up and I only think it's going to get worse before it actually gets better. This is Invest Talk. Many of you might feel the urgent need to get your portfolio in shape. Well, there's no need to panic. You can meet with Steve. Just go to investtalk.com and register. Now give me a call. 888-99-CHART. This is Invest Talk. Summer is moving fast, and your path to financial freedom begins with the right strategy. You've got questions? Steve and Justin have answers. Call now, 888-99-CHART. Let's go to Bill in Fremont. He's asking about ETFs, which is a, a broad topic. What do you want to talk about in specifics, Bill? Hi, how you doing, Justin? Uh, the reason I'm calling is... Uh, I just started. I just opened up a broker account. Uh, you guys have mentioned that I should invest in as a new investor. Invest in ETF. I was wondering what the expense ratio is and how that affects me and what how much it costs. 
Well, the expense, expense ratio for each ETF differs. Uh, there are ones that are very small, a couple basis points, up to over 2%. So I can't tell you what the expense ratio is unless you give me the exact fund. Uh, now, I, I know Steve's philosophy is invest in ETFs uh, as a new investor. I have a little different philosophy. This is probably where Steve and I differ. I would say buy individual names because it gives you a better understanding of businesses and sectors. And I think you learn a little bit more. Now, if you want just simply instant diversification, you don't really want to learn that much about the markets uh, and, and sectors and companies, then you go buy an ETF. But for me, I'm more of about uh, if you're learning, starting out, buying individual positions, especially if you're relatively young and you're trying to learn. Okay, okay. Um, can I ask you one more question? I, uh, is Investopedia a good platform to, to do a lot of research, fundamental or technicals, rather? Well, your Investopedia is a good place for looking up definitions, understanding the, the broad concepts that are needed, right? If you are curious about a particular area of the marketplace that you really have no idea about the, the inner workings of and what it even means, yeah, Investopedia is a good place to start. Now, you're not going to get any in-depth analysis. You're not really going to understand it in a dynamic sense, but if you're just trying to get the, the vocabulary down and understand an area of the marketplace that you really know nothing about, it's a good place to, to start. Okay. Thank you very much, Justin. Appreciate that. No problem, Bill. Thanks for the call. 888-99-CHART, 888-992-4278. That's how you get through and ask your question. We have about 25, 26 minutes left in the show. So if you're going to call, you want to do it ASAP. Now let's get to our main talking point today, and that's really about the Chinese economy more broadly. And clearly, the trade war is has exacerbated the slowdown in China and a lot of people are going to point to that as the start of the slowdown in China. And in fact, that's definitely not the case. And really since 2015, China has been slowing in and of itself. I mean, you, look, you can see that in the GDP trends. And they've what they're trying to do is they're trying, trying to transition away from manufacturing and exports to internal consumption, right? You know, here in America, 65, 70% of the economy has to do with consumer spending internally by citizens. And China is trying to transition as well to that type of economy to be more diversified and less prone to things like this, things like trade wars, right? And produce their own economic activity internally. And this has been a push from the government. And the government is investing in infrastructure, and real estate at the expense of private enterprises, right? Because they're trying to say, we want private citizens in companies that are servicing our citizens internally to be the ones that grow and have the right tools to flourish. Whereas globalization, America, Europe, which is also a big trade partner of China, they're the ones that are going to drive the businesses of export from China. And so 
While a lot of people will point to the fact that the trade war is hurting China and it's driven their growth to the lowest level since the 90s, that started actually well before Trump even announced he was going to be president or running for president. So what's happening right now is comparable to what you saw in the late 90s with Japan. And I've talked about this a little bit before, the fact that the model that China is trying to execute, which is steal intellectual property from abroad, develop their economies internally, right, and sell to other businesses internally, high-value products like semiconductors, for example, which is one area of their focus. And they're trying to eventually get to up to the standard of the rest of the world and then start exporting those goods to the rest of the world. Because since they enter the World Trade Organization, a lot of people say, well, everything's made in China. And to some extent, that's true. But a better way to characterize it is that Everything's put together in China. The high-value goods, batteries, motors, semiconductors, etc., most of those are made elsewhere. Japan, Korea, etc. And imported to China, put together, and then exported to the rest of the world. So this is a different... Uh, you have to characterize the slowdown in China as different than what the media is characterizing it as. It's a restructuring of their economy that is purposeful by the government in China, but it's also not completely driven by the trade war. Now, in tomorrow's Invest Talk, trade worries are impacting businesses, business orders and the overall outlook for the overall economy. The ISM number for the U.S. service sector slowed to its lowest level in 35 months. So we're going to look at that tomorrow. But for now, I'm Justin Klein and I'm ready to take your questions live at 888-99-CHART. To win, all effective investors use a process. And listeners call InvestTalk every day asking to share our winning process. And they too can win using the right analytical tools. Just what do we use as our everyday go-to research tool? Y-charts. It's a cloud-based financial research platform. It is indispensable. YCharts has the powerful tools of a terminal combined with the ease of use of a modern website. We use YCharts every day. YCharts is easy to navigate, visually awesome, and informative. YCharts has filters driven by thousands of metrics, Excel integration, and data visualization to create charts that compare stocks, funds, indices, and more. If you're a serious investor, you'll understand that the precision functionality in YCharts is not free. But YCharts has more horsepower and by far better data and filters compared to a giveaway tools from Yahoo or Google. YCharts is a fraction of the cost of something like Bloomberg Terminal. And now our listeners can try YCharts for free. You just heard Steve and Justin endorse YCharts. It's the lightning-fast research, data filter, and charting tool they use every day for their investment portfolios. Think about it. Steve is right. Free software cannot come close to the power, speed, ease of use, and practical functionality of YCharts. And serious investors understand that YCharts can pay for itself with just one or two targeted investment selections. So here's your chance to take advantage of a free trial and a generous YCharts discount. 
Start by mentioning InvestTalk when you go to YCharts.com. Get serious, get YCharts. Your objective is to work hard, plan well, and achieve financial freedom, right? You're in luck, because Justin Klein is here now, ready to take your finance and investment questions. Call 888-99-CHART. Let's go to John in Santa Cruz, looking at Lucara Diamond, correct? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Okay, um, you own it, looking to buy, to buy it? Shares. Looking to buy it. And why? And I wondered, uh, well, it seems like most of the risk has been taken out of it. Um, if I look at a long-term chart, uh, it's run by Lucas Lundin, who's uh, got a very good track record of success in resource companies, and uh, that seems like it would be very important. Um, but I'm not sure about it. Uh, not sure how safe it is, and, and it has a huge dividend. And I'm not sure if that's really something that can be counted upon. Um, Well, this is a diamond company, diamond mining company, and they operate out of Africa. So clearly, have you ever seen the movie Blood Diamond? Uh, That is uh, uh, an area where there's a lot of of war, civil war, and where the diamonds are sourced from can be quite controversial. And I think that in today's increasingly polarized world is becoming more discussed and, and more followed and therefore i think more opaqueness to their business especially if they they operate in in africa now you t- you said they pay a seven percent dividend they do forward looking dividend seven percent but their payout ratio is 116 percent and their cash dividend payout ratio is 504 percent now they don't have a lot of debt which is good actually very little debt and that means that they can probably sustain this dividend for a little while longer because they're not pressured by debt payments. Uh, now it's an over-the-counter stock, so it's not traded at, on the NASDAQ or NYSE, etc. So that in itself gives it a much higher level uh, of risk. Why? Because it's not beholden to the accounting standards like it would be if it was listed on one of those major exchanges. So it's extremely high risk in that fact as well as the industry that it operates in so this is not a safe play by any means uh if you could trust the the accounting numbers it's relatively cheap cheap enterprise value to ebit is about five i like the commodity space the pre, you know it's kind of in this pre- precious metal area uh but it's too expensive or too risky for my blood for the the industry it operates in the fact that it's not listed I can't really trust the numbers too much. And that dividend, like I said, is not covered by cash flows. And so I don't like that. So, and chart wise, it's not strong either. Uh, Even though precious metals have rallied, it still remains in the doldrums. So I'm not a fan of it. I would stay away from it. But if you're looking for a high risk play in the commodity space and the precious metal space, this might be for you. Thanks for the call, John. 
Now let's pivot quickly to a very interesting scam that's happening, and it's a, it's a kind of close to my uh, close to me because I had a friend, uh, our last landlord at our office, that uh, almost had this happen to him. And this in, is in regards to real estate. So if you are looking to buy real estate, you think you're going to buy real estate at any point in the future, you should pay attention to this. Because I think it's very important for you to be aware of the one of the most popular scams in the marketplace today. This is real estate is the second highest targeted industry for cybercrime, according to the FBI. And what they typically target are down payments. And from 2015 to 2017, there was a more than 1,100% rise in the number of email account compromised victims reporting issues related to real estate transactions and almost a 2,200% rise in the reported monetary loss. Meaning not only are the reports of attempted fraud claims uh, out there, but actual losses are going up twice as much as the number of reported crimes happening, okay? So typically what happens is the criminals gain access to the email accounts, and it's a lot of times the email accounts of realtors, people in the real estate industry that are interacting with buyers and sellers, right? And what they do is they look at email exchanges between different parties and they study them for uh, what the details of the transactions are they study how they speak in email you know how they type so there's a lot of times very the, 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 the emails they send are very they seem very legitimate because they understand the parties involved and what they do a lot of times is they request a wire transfer in relation to a down payment. And what they do is they replace, they, all the information is the same, the buyer, the seller, oftentimes the bank, right? The dollar amount. So everything looks familiar and above board. But what they change are the account numbers that it's being wired to. Now this happened happens a lot within email, but what happened to this friend of mine was it was actually over text message. And you would think, well, how do they get access to the text message, right? The text message looked like it was coming from his realtor saying, hey, wire the money to this account. Well, Scammers can actually spoof and make it look like it's coming from a particular phone number, cell phone. When in reality, it's not. So really what it comes down to is whenever you're making a down payment, you're wiring money of any kind, whether it's a real estate transaction or elsewhere, make sure you talk to somebody. Call a number that you've called before, that you absolutely know that this is the person that is giving you the instructions, that is telling you this needs to happen today and verify the account numbers, verify the bank. Make sure where you're wiring that money 
is actually where it needs to go into what account at the right time because this is the one of the highest growing instances of crime cyber crime that's out there today so be very aware very aware of it and make sure you're not going to get scammed now look we have about mm, 15 minutes left I'm Justin Klein. You're listening to Invest Talk, and uh, it's safe to assume you're trying to grow your wealth, right? And fear and greed creep into your mind, especially in markets like today. That's why it's always important. Understand your risk tolerance. Understand how your portfolio is invested. Did you look at your portfolio? Was it down more than you expected? Did it make you queasy? Did it make you more uneasy than you had expected? Well, we can help you calibrate your particular portfolio and your risk tolerance. Just reach out to myself or Steve, set up a call, set up a meeting, and we can work with you and help you out and figure out what is the right path going forward. But right now, I'm ready to take your questions live at 888-99-CHART. Managing multiple mutual funds, researching professional services, where to put your savings. If it's about money and if it's important to you, we want to know more about it. We're here for you. 888-99-CHART is how to reach Steve or Justin right now on InvestTalk. Hi, Justin or Steve. This is Joey from Greenville. Uh, Thank you so much for the program. Really appreciate it. My question is about real estate investing and you know, with us being late in the cycle and a recession possibly slash probably coming up soon, I'm looking at purchasing an investment property, like at the beach, like a condo, and I was just wondering if maybe waiting until the depths of a recession or probably better off to do it coming out of a recession would be the best time to buy. Just wanted to know your thoughts on that. I'll listen for your answer on the podcast. Thanks. Well, that's obviously the case. The If you can buy in the depths of recession, if you can buy when there's a lot of sellers versus when there's a lot of buyers, typically that's when you're going to get the best deals, the best price, the best, the best investments. Now, does that mean that there aren't always good investments in the marketplace? Sure. They're just harder to find. You need to understand the area. How much money do you have to put down? What is the rental market like? So there's a lot of variables that go into it. What I always say is you want a cap rate that's higher than the cost to borrow. So if you're paying, say, four and a half probably in this type of market for money, right, interest rate on your loan, you need a cap rate of five, I would say probably 6% or higher. Now, a lot of times you're not going to get that in the coast. Very rare you're going to get that in the coast. I live in Laguna Beach. The cap rates here are two, two and a half percent if you're lucky. Not a great place for income investing. Now, if you're looking for long-term capital appreciation, maybe this is the place for you. But I'm more, when it comes to real estate, it's about cash flow, positive cash flow, both near-term as well as long-term. So yes, you want to wait till the depth of the recession. I would keep your powder dry, save money. I know you're not going to earn a lot in the near-term, find a high-yield safe money market account yielding maybe 2% right now, which isn't great. But guess what? Be patient. You're going to find much better opportunities. Yes, in the depths of recession, like you said, coming out of recession 
And I think that's when you want to target your timing for a real estate investment purchase. Let's go to Bob in Sacramento looking at a stock. What stock is it, Bob? Um, it's on the CAC 40. It's uh, Vallejo. It's V-L-E-E-Y. It's an OTC. It's the only way I think I could buy it. Okay. Let's see. They supply auto parts. Looks like they're an OEM parts supplier, correct? Out of France. Out of France. Okay. Why are you looking at it? What's what's your attraction to this name? Well, I was I'm I was hoping to buy the CAC 40 because um, I think it's going to go up, but I can't find any ETF that I could buy that would buy the CAC 40. So I started looking at the different companies, and um, that's one of them I'm going to think about buying in the next week or two is the uh, Vallejo because um, they're saying the growth is going to go up and maybe double in five ten years. Okay. Uh, you know, I don't love it because of the cyclical nature of it. It's in the auto industry, which is historically very difficult to, to make a lot of money in. Now, there is there are a couple of France ETFs, like EWQ, for example. Take a look at which one that follows. Did you, have you looked at EWQ? Um, EWQ. Um, yeah, I do have that written down. It, it doesn't show up on my... Uh, e-trade account. Well, that would is, be is, the, the safest it? way to, to to get exposure to France. Uh, what makes you think France is, is, is going to go up? What, what, what makes you think that's going to buck the trend of the rest of Europe? Um, well, the news today over there is saying that it's, one of the, it's on the golden uh, path right now. And that's what I was just thinking. It, it, it may go down for another month or so, but after that, it might just shoot up. The the CAC 40... When you say golden path, what do you mean by that? Well, um, like a golden age, like for the next 10 years, if, if they're planning on shooting up the, the DAC for the CAC 40. Okay. Yeah, I'm not sure about that. I wouldn't probably agree with that sentiment. Uh, I think Europe has a lot of issues, and France is probably at the forefront as one of the largest uh, economies. I believe they're the second largest economy behind Germany, uh, and they have their political issues with uh, the riots that are going on in Paris, kind of uh, continuously. So you know, the yellow—I think it's what the yellow jackets—I forget exactly uh, what color that they use, but. It, they're having their own issues. So, you know, the fact that I, I disagree c- kind of completely with that sentiment that France is in some sort of golden age, I, I think there's a lot of restructuring that needs to happen within the European economy, the European Union. And I think eventually when that happens, that might be a good time to be investing in France. But until then, uh, I wouldn't be investing in France. I wouldn't be investing in a cyclical name that's in France. So I, I, I disagree with your sentiment in general, and I would definitely stay away from all that. Let's go to Tony in Fremont. He's talking about a down payment for a house. Yes. Um, I'm about to close on a home, and I want to know your opinion or thoughts about a larger down payment versus a... Uh and just a 20% down. Um, yeah, just your thoughts on I that. I do think... 
I, I think you should be twenty. I think you should putting be putting twenty percent down on a home right now. I think if you are stretching to buy a home and aren't able to put twenty percent down, I think you, in this environment you want to just relax, save a little bit more, get that full twenty percent down, uh, and you're not missing out on some upside in the market because the market does continue to weaken. So uh, I would absolutely put more money down, uh, and if you can't, then I would I would just simply hold off and, and be more patient. So, um, so I mean, I can put fifty percent down. So you could put fifty percent. Okay. Uh, well, it, it's it's really it's really about how aggressive you want to be. I mean, in this environment, there there's not a lot of uh, great uses for uh, capital besides uh, you know putting it down on the home. Uh, right and avoiding that interest and that's really what it's about how much interest do you want to pay how low do you want that payment to be the more money you put down the less interest you're going to pay over the life of that loan so there's nothing wrong with that and i think long term if it's a long-term hold for you uh, then i would put more down rather than less now, this is invest talk i'm justin klein and we have one goal here and that's to help you achieve your own version of financial freedom and our work continues after this break we're going to talk to david in san francisco this is Invest Talk, and helping you achieve your financial freedom is the primary objective. Justin Klein is here now, taking your finance and investing questions live. Call 888-99-CHART. Let's go to David in San Francisco, and he wants to talk about retirement. Hi, uh, good afternoon. I'm retiring at the end of this year. And I'm actually uh, moving overseas to Colombia, so I'm looking to get rid of like two-thirds of my expenses. And okay. uh, my question would be, I got some savings, about 150000 I I'll be drawing a pension and Social Security as well. Uh, where, okay. where should I invest that little amount? Well... That's that's a very broad question. It all depends on you know some of your that, that, that's that's a an answer that's difficult to say just based on the information you've given me. These are the type of things that we sit down with clients and we would look at what that expense is. Right? You said it's it's declining dramatically, but what is that exactly? Uh, how old are you versus your life expectancy? Uh, what is that pension amount? Right? What is your personal risk tolerance? Are you an aggressive investor, moderate, conservative, uh, et cetera? So there's a lot of considerations that it's hard for me to really give you an exact answer. Now, uh, what a lot of our retirees are investing in is a combination of high-grade corporate bonds laddered out, yielding 5 6%. Uh, and then the other half, dividend-paying stocks with some stability there, but also long-term growth. So that would be kind of the standard answer, but it depends on your particular situation. So if you want to shoot me an email, go to investtalk.com. We can get a little more granular, a little more detailed into what your particular situation is to make sure that what your 401k or whatever, you know, that $150,000 is going into makes sense for your your situation. So I would do that. Head over to investtalk.com, shoot me an email or shoot Steve an email, either one, and we can help you from there. Thanks for the call, David. 888-99-CHART, 888-992-4278. Let's talk a little bit about where we are as a global economy and why 
the slowdown in, in, in our economy is not just this short-term cyclical issue. It's more secular. And when I talk, when I say that, I mean it's really a demographic issue more broadly. Right? The rest of the world is, in a lot of cases, dependent on exporting to the U.S. But if you look at more of the developed world, you see the slowdown has to do with demographics. Uh, starting, I think it was 2012, in Japan, their population started to shrink. More people were dying than being born every year. Europe has similar issues. China, with their one-child uh, policy, has similar issues. We're a little bit better, but not a whole lot. So what you're seeing here globally is struck, there are structural problems. There has been an entitlement system that was built up over the 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s of passing more and more legislation that took care of the older people. And those people were not having enough kids to really grow the population to support these entitlements, especially here in the United States. And now what you're saying, the reason why the deficit is skyrocketing is all those off-balance sheet liabilities that were created by legislation passed over the last 30, 40, 50 years now coming on balance sheet. And this is creating secular slowdown, secular headwinds of debt and not a lot of economic activity coming behind all these people that are retiring or they're getting older, right? And those people that are getting older are living longer than had been expected in the past. So you shouldn't be surprised by what's happening to our global economy. It's just a matter of demographics. It's a buildup of decades of poor policy, poor foresight, poor financial discipline. And this is why we're going to have, I think, the next 10, 15 years of a very stagnant global environment despite the trade wars. I'm Justin Klein. This completes another Invest Talk program. Thank you for your loyal support and questions. Please come back tomorrow. Steve will be here and I return on Thursday. Good night. Because of the nature of the interactive dialogue inherent in the format of this program, it's important for the listener to understand that not all comments made will apply to them specifically. Nothing said shall be taken to be investment advice or shall statements on this program be considered an offer to buy or sell securities. Such advice is rendered solely on an individual basis and at times will require that the investor review a prospectus before investing. InvestTalk is a copyrighted program of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial, a registered investment advisor, which retains all rights. For more information regarding KPP's investment advisors, Call 1-800-557-5461. Steve Peasley is President and Justin Klein Chief Executive Officer of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial. 
And they thank you for listening and welcome your comments or questions on our 24-hour listening line at 888-99-CHART. 